Well, can I be, Pastor Dan beat me to the punch, but can I also, I guess, say Merry Christmas, everybody. It's so good to see each and every one of you. I'm going to look into the camera and say a big hello to all those that are watching online. Come on, Heartland family, help me welcome them to church. And uh, I have a lot that I want to say today, but before I do anything else, can I just uh, celebrate at the movies with you, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 107 people who gave their life to Jesus uh, this year at At The Movies, our biggest one ever. And uh, it's been a month uh, since I've actually been on this stage uh, talking to you, so it's good to see you. Uh, I hope that you've been doing great. Uh, A couple of quick things. Can we just kind of go through the month of December really quick? I always do this. Just kind of share with you some vision and just kind of make sure that you understand what's happening over these next uh, few weeks as we get ready for the year to end. Of course, uh, our first Wednesday service, uh, kicking it off this coming Wednesday night at 7 p.m., our very last one of the year. And uh, would love for you to join me for extended worship communion, uh, a message that I would typically not do on a Sunday. I'd go a little bit more in depth on a Wednesday. Would love for you to come be a part of that. And then I'm really excited uh, about this coming Thursday at 4 p.m. because it's our Wisdom Club um, Christmas party that we're doing. And what we tell people is is Wisdom Club is uh, it's youth group for seniors. Um, It's uh, it's for all of you who have said, I'm embracing my senior status and uh, I would love for you to join me. We're going to have a blast uh, this coming Thursday. My father-in-law, Leroy Kelly, uh, is going to be here with us uh, for our Wisdom Club, and he is so fun. He's going to sing, he's going to share, and then we have all sorts of giveaways. Uh, Then we're doing a rave. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, But it's it's just going to be a blast. And uh, so there is a QR code up there. I would love for you, uh, all of you who, who join us for the Wisdom Club, like bring a friend you know, uh, and I think you'll get a lot out of it. We're going to do uh, a dinner uh, at 4 p.m. because I know that's when you eat now, uh, but uh, would love for you to join us. And then next Sunday is our Heartland Christmas production uh, for all of our kids. Come on, are you excited? I can't wait to watch them. And they've been practicing. They've been hard at work. They were here yesterday all running around and getting ready and uh, it's a big deal for them. And so uh, let's Let's show up big and let's show out uh, in both of our services next weekend. And then, of course, our Giving Hope Mall. You heard Pastor Becky talk about it. There's a card there in your seat. Uh, by the way, this is a, it's a lot, you know, to buy a four, over 400 kids. That's a lot uh, of, of children. And I just want to thank you. You've responded so big to this. And uh, thank you for being such a generous church in this way. And then, of course, we get ready for Christmas Eve uh, services, Christmas Eve on a Sunday uh, this year. So instead of doing evening services, we're doing them in the morning. Uh, And somebody say, hallelujah, Uh, kind of a a different uh, change of pace. So we're doing a Saturday this year uh, at 6 p.m., And then our normal 9.30 and 11.30, this is our Christmas Eve services. Would love for you to come be a part of this. And uh, then you have the evening, uh, which is, my my staff has the evening, uh, which is, they've never... They've never had it before that they can remember. Uh, So kind of a a unique uh, day for them. And then 
Uh, in case you don't know, you're new to our church. What we do the week following Christmas is what we call Sabbath Sunday. We have an online experience that we have prepared for you. And, and so we do no in-person gatherings. It's the one Sunday of the year. And I do that to just give our dream team just kind of a break, uh, give you a time to lay low, be with family. But I still want you to go to church, just do it online that day, okay? And we have an abbreviated experience, and I'd love for you, I've, I've actually already filmed this, uh, getting ready for the new year, would love for you to be a part, it's going to be great. All right, um, I'm excited for today, today is Legacy Sunday, and I want to share some things with you today that I believe that God has put on my heart. I believe that we should live our lives not thinking about what we can do for ourselves, but what we can do for others. And that's why we pause one weekend out of our year on Legacy Sunday and really focus on giving to others and blessing others. And if you heard me a couple of weeks ago, just cast vision for this. This is why we call it Legacy. It's because Legacy, it's, it's what people remember once we're gone. And, and there's a verse in, in Psalms 112 that just says this, that good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, and they will be, everybody say it real loud with me, they will be remembered forever. They'll be remembered forever. That speaks of eternity, that God has put eternity inside of you. So much so that, that when you're generous, it does something for you. Proverbs 11 says, a generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be Refresh. So, so when you give to others, it actually refreshes you. Now, let me just tell you something really important about the spirit of Legacy Sunday. This kind of giving is not a got to, it's a get to, everyone. It's not a law. It's, it's not a mandate. It's a privilege. And, and for many people around the world, when it comes to a day like this and what we're doing right now, they're just not going to understand this. And, and the reason is because in order to become generous in this way, you have to love and see people like God loves and sees people. Like, like when you stop thinking about the projects, you stop thinking about the offerings, you stop thinking about the serving, stop thinking about giving hope for just a second, What's the reason we do all of that? Come on, everybody. It's about people. The entire reason that God puts legacy in your heart, the entire reason that it refreshes you is because when you give, it's because God cares about people. In fact, let me say it this way, that God doesn't need anything from us. He really doesn't. But he has chosen to partner with us. We see this in scripture. We see in Luke chapter five, Jesus uses Peter, uh, we, his, his, his boat, he uses it to preach the gospel out of. In John six, Jesus uses a, a little boy's lunch, five loaves and a few fish. And in second Kings four, God uses a widow's jar of, of olive oil to feed his prophet. God used a, a Shunammite woman, gave Elisha a place to stay. God all throughout the scripture and God today loves to partner with people. He loves it. He wants you to partner with him. It's actually one of the most intimate parts of his relationship with you. 
that he partners with you for his vision to reach sinners. By the way, that's part of the mandate to reach lost people in case you don't know. 1 Timothy 1, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. There are over 8 billion people in the world today. Of those 8 billion people, 2.4 billion are Christians. That means if my math is right, 5.6 billion are not. If you stood 5.6 billion people in a line, they would wrap around the earth 42 times. Let that just hit you for a second. That's a mandate, everybody. That he partners with you to reach sinners. But he also partners with you to accomplish his vision. Just in case you don't know that, God has vision. I, I don't know if you know this, but, but vision actually isn't our job. Vision is God's job. <laughs> he has the vision. We, our job is just to listen and to hear what God has for us. So vision's his part. Action is our part. We just have to release faith and act for God's vision to happen. That's why I think the best prayer that you can pray about vision isn't God give me vision, it's God help me to see what you're seeing. And so I just wanna, before we do anything else today, just say thank you. Because so many of you, you you've asked God to help you be a blessing, to leave a legacy, and that's what we're doing as a church. Can I just show you and celebrate this number with you that in 2022, if we've done nothing else in the year 2022, we have given $387,000 to missions uh, this year. That's a 20% increase from last year. Come on and celebrate that. It's the largest amount of money that we have ever given as a church to missions in one calendar year. You have helped us smuggle Bibles into China You've helped us translate the Bible for people who don't have one in their language. You, you've helped us provide counseling for hurting people. You provide food for, for kids in the poorest areas of the world. Even in our own backyard, you have helped us this year through our first Saturday food distributions. We have provided food and prayed with over 2,000 families this year. Is that not amazing? You've helped us support Jewish families devastated by this war. You've helped us help hurricane victims. You've paid rent for single moms who had lost jobs. You've reached Muslims and Arab nations. In 2022, or I'm sorry, in 2023, we've, here in our church, we've added technology to improve our worship experience, our online experience. We've added new sound in our student auditorium. We've launched new kids' classrooms. We've rebranded kids and student ministries. We had to purchase seven new AC units. It's not a big deal until it's the middle of summer. That was fun. It's just, just so many things to share with you that it's impossible in a message like this. So here's what we've done instead. If you want to know, then we have our 2023 annual report. In fact, this is now up and live. We work very hard on this. We kind of like scrutinize over all the numbers to make sure that we're presenting to you kind of what we're doing. Why? Because when you give, you know what I care about is the E-R-O-I, everybody. You know what that stands for? The eternal return on investment. 
And I want to know that, that what I'm giving and what I'm, how I'm sacrificing, it's making a difference. And so you can pull up this report. You can go to theheartlandchurch.com or you can scan the QR code right now and you can learn about all the different ways that your giving has been making a difference in this church and all around the world. And as always, I, I hope, my prayer is that in 2024, we're able to do more than we've ever been able to do before. Amen, everybody? Let's believe for it. Can we clap our hands in, in faith today? So a, a lot of years, what I really like to do is just show you faces because we interact with these mission partners and organizations and both in our community and nationally and internationally and we know their faces, but you don't always get to see all of their faces. You don't get to see and hear their stories. And there's no way I could do with whatever it is that nearly 30 organizations that we've partnered with. You don't want to watch a video for 30 organizations. It'll be at the movies part five. Um, <laughs> but I do just want to highlight a couple. You know, we try to change it out. So just listen to a few of our partners say thank you to you for the difference that you've made. Check out this quick video right now. Hey, Heartland Church, thank you for your amazing generosity. God has used your legacy of giving to empower a global compassion movement, producing results that are truly amazing. Thank you so much for your trust. Because of our partnership with you, 2023 has been another miraculous year. With your help, we responded to more than 75 disasters and humanitarian crises around the world, empowered and equipped over 34,000 women and girls, trained 25,000 farmers in sustainable best practices, and together with your help, we fed more than 530,000 children in 33 different countries. So on behalf of everyone at Convoy of Hope, every farmer trained, every woman and girl empowered, every disaster survivor, and every child fed, Thank you. Hey, Heartland Church, I want to say thank you so much for your generous partnership this year in helping us to reach the people in Iran. Iranian Muslims are walking away from Islam by the hundreds of thousands. What they have watched done in the name of Islam over the last number of years and even recently with the Hamas attacks on Israel is causing people to walk away from their religion. They're questioning their faith in Islam and they're asking questions about Christianity. And so you are empowering Christians in Iran to hand people a Bible who are asking these questions and they're discovering the answers to these questions by reading through the New Testament and thousands are coming to Jesus because of it. Just this year alone, you have helped us reach over 43,000 people with the gospel message in the country of Iran. Five years ago, the church was growing at 5%. Today, it's at 19%. People are hungry for the bread of life in Iran and you are providing it to them. Thank you so much. We love you guys. We couldn't do this without you. Hey, Heartland Church and my dear friends, Pastor Dusty and Pastor Kendra, I wanna say that we are honored to be able to partner together, to be able to reach the ends of the earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that throughout eternity, you're gonna have people coming up to you from all over the world saying thank you. Why will they say thank you? because you invested into their lives by investing into the eternal. You brought the word of God. We did this together. And the Bible says not only will they thank you, but the Lord himself will reward you 
forever and ever for the good deeds that you've done. Hey, we can invest in this world and yeah, it will last our lifetime and maybe go a generation later or maybe two, but this return will last forever and you'll be very, very glad, full of joy that you invested in eternity. Hi, I'm Tracy Eubanks. I'm the CEO of MetroCrest Services. And I can't thank you enough, Heartland Church, for your support for nearly 15 years. Your support helps local families access healthy food or our food pantry, access rental assistance so they stay housed, but also you help write the story for families that can lead to success, such as better jobs, better health outcomes, kids staying in school and academically being successful and helping our seniors age in place. We can't thank you enough for all that you do for us and for those in our community. Thank you, Heartland Church. Hey, Dusty and Kendra, Michael and I just wanted to express our deepest gratitude to you at Heartland Church for standing with us in such a difficult time. Thank you for joining with us and investing in us being the hands and feet of Jesus in this country. We could not do it without you and we feel your love and your partnership and you joining with us to really help so many hurting and broken people. Thank you for joining with us. Thank you for being with us and know that we love you and we are so grateful for you. And because you guys stepped up in such an amazing way, we've been able to respond to the immediate needs, short-term, and also look to the long-term needs. So right away, we were able to help relocate displaced people, families from down in the south near the borders of Gaza, also up in the north. I read a report, over 45,000 people already evacuated and we were able to care for these families, love on them, love on their children. Also long-term, we're looking to how do we help rebuild homes and rebuild lives of those who've lost loved ones, over 1,300 civilians killed. We don't think this is a short-term reality. We're looking at this as months, not weeks, and so we need your continued support. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your prayers, and uh, we're gonna continue to keep you updated as things progress here in Israel. Isn't that amazing? I get emotional. I can't help it. I think about Convoy of Hope, for instance. You know, you'd, you'd ask the question, are we doing all of that by ourselves? And the answer is no. But I get to sit in a room with about 80 pastors when I go. And every single one of those pastors represents a community of believers just like this. And together, we're able to tell Convoy, here's what our church is bringing to the table. And what I love about that is, is one church by itself can't do it all. But when the body of Christ comes together, it's amazing what we can do together, everybody, isn't it? And I think that's why I get emotional because there is no, there's nothing like God's great church. That's why I fight for it. That's why I stand for it. That's why I'm committed to it to the day I die. Because God's great church is his plan A, and there is no plan B. Of course, 
People will ask me, well, Pastor Dusty, how much should I give in the legacy offering? I want to give you some thoughts. In John 2, Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, was with Jesus at a wedding celebration. And she makes an interesting statement in John 2. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. I think that's great advice. I don't know if you've heard me say that to you before, but that's what I say to you oftentimes. How much should I give? Do whatever he tells you to do. Over the years, we've received as little as $5 from a child. We've received $100,000 from a generous donor. Maybe one year we're going to receive a million-dollar gift. By the way, that's one of my dreams that I've told God. I want our church, use me, use our church to give a million dollars to missions uh, away. That's a big, hairy, audacious goal that I've had. But whatever it might be, my advice to you is just to make it sacrificial because God honors sacrifice. And here's what I truly believe, that if you will obey God and if I will obey God, if we all obey God, then he'll do something powerful through us. And we've been able to do some incredible things as a church over these last several years because of your legacy giving. And and I just want to thank you. By the way, I've never had a financial goal with this, ever. I've only had a participation goal. I want every family who calls Heartland Church their church to participate. And by the way, every year that we've been, the, the pastors here, the number of families who have participated in this has grown. I want to show you this, that in 2020, 169 families came together. In 2021, 230 families came together. 2022, 270 families came together. And I know there will be some families that say, you know what, we're, we're tagging out. Somebody else can do it. But I just want you to know, there are so many families in our church that have said, you know what, we are blessed beyond measure. And we can look back at the legacy offering. And, and they say, number one, God did something through me. But number two, God did something in me. And my prayer is that you'll be a part of it today. Before we receive the legacy offering together, I just want to take a few minutes and just share a few thoughts with you. I, was, I want to talk about why generosity for just a second. If you leave this church and never come back, I hope you don't forget this message. If you leave and go to one of the other amazing churches in DFW, I, I pray that you don't forget this message. If you leave and you decide, I don't know, you want to become Catholic, you want to become atheist, I hope you don't forget this message because I think this thought is a powerful thought that has the power to change your life for the better. A while back, I was, I was at lunch. I'd gone to school lunch with, with Brooklyn, and I brought her Chick-fil-A, which how many people know that's like winning the lottery when you're uh, a kid? trading square pizza for nuggets. Um, And so we're eating, and I look over at her, and I say, hey, can I have a nugget? And without speaking, she looks at me, and she puts her hand over her nuggets. (laughs) And she says, Dad, these are my nuggets. And so, help me God. I wanted to say, excuse me, every single one of those nuggets are my nuggets. I wanted to say, I paid for those nuggets. Chick-fil-A did not donate to the Dusty Dean Ministry Foundation. 
I bought those nuggets. I think when the Holy Spirit challenges us in generosity, there are times where we can go, God, those are my nuggets. And I think that God often responds similar. <laughs> that's cute that you think that's yours, but those are my nuggets. I created that chicken. And God probably even looks at that and thinks, this is, this is silly. Because I can make a million more of those nuggets just like that. The God who provided is always going to provide more. The, the fact is that if I took a nugget, she wasn't going to go hungry. And, and when God asks something from you, it's, it's never to take something from you. It's always to get more of something into your life. It, it, it's often said, you've probably heard me say it, a, a bunch of us as pastors have said it, but that, it's that Christianity is about relationship, not about religion. And I would agree with that, but let me, let me take it a step further, that I think that Christianity is really all about the heart. It's about the deep core of who you are. It's about the real you, the real you. It's not about the ticking boxes. It's not about doing good things. It's not about I went to church. It, it's, it's about transformation. And I'm going somewhere with this today, and I, and I just want to help teach it. I want to go to Mark 10. It's the story. Some of you know this story. It's the story of the rich young ruler. I'll read it really fast. But it says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees and said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shouldn't give false testimony or defraud or honor. Or you should honor your father and mother. And this is what he said. He said, teacher, all these things I've done since I was a boy. Isn't that interesting? You see, you would think to yourself that the man wouldn't need to ask that question then if he'd done all those things since he was a boy. He's checked every box that he's supposed to check since he was a little boy. But for some reason, for him, he still feels a little bit of a hole in his heart. And it goes on. Jesus looked at him and said this, he, uh, and loved him and said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. And at this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad because he had great wealth. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, children, how hard is it again for, for, uh, to enter the kingdom of God? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, now remember, he's talking. This is interesting. I don't think we point this out enough. He's talking to disciples. What did they do? They had their own businesses. Their own livelihoods. Then the disciples are even more amazed. And they said to each other, then who can be saved? The, Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible. Now, I love this next part because Peter just can't help himself. And he can never help himself. But look at what he says. Then Peter spoke up. We've left out. Hey. Hey. We left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who's left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times 
as much in this present age. Save that for now. I'm going to come back to it. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. See, here's the thing. For his entire life, this rich young ruler had religion. But God didn't have his heart. He followed the commands that were easy to follow. But he refused to surrender his life in worship to Jesus. See, here's what I've learned about about my faith. What I've learned is that there are some things with Jesus that are easy to do. Just, Just because of my personality, just because of how I was raised, just because of my proclivities. And then there are some things <laughs> that I'm like, yep, that's easy, but, but that's not how you find out if Jesus is Lord. See, oh, this is, so, this is so good. Lordship only begins where agreement ends. That's how you discover lordship. Lordship doesn't begin until something is required that you do not want to do. For some of you in this room, you, you refuse to forgive. Or some of us refuse to walk in purity. I, I promise you, I promise you, the Lord has something in your life that he's looking at. And, and can I just say it this way? Until he's Lord of all, he might not be Lord at all. What is an idol? An idol isn't a statue. An idol is anything that has lordship. Your God is whatever is calling the shots in your life. Your God is your decision maker. And so that young rich ruler got sad and he walked away. And this is one of the reasons why generosity is so important. In fact, let me just help you by painting a picture of this for just a moment. Why generosity? That's the question. Number one, because generosity sets me free from greed. It sets me free. It's one of the greatest tests of lordship. It shows me where my alignment is. 1 Timothy 6, command those. Everybody say that real loud with me. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant and not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. And if you're one of those that have lived through 2023, you might have learned that it is pretty uncertain. But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything. And I love this, for our enjoyment. God's not against you having money. He's not against you enjoying your money. He's not against you enjoying stuff. He wants you to have that. He just wants you to do this next part. Command them to, everybody say it real loud, to to do good. To be rich in good deeds. To be generous. And to be willing to share. And in this way, they'll lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Uh, Those four things. He's not against you having money. He wants you to do that. He just wants you to do these four things. These four things. What are the four things? To do good. To to do good deeds, to be generous, 
willing to share. Like, like, like well, well, do I have to give in the legacy offering today? You don't have to do anything. But be willing. You know what's amazing about this verse? Is Paul just told you how you can enjoy money and not let money rule your life. <laughs> You're just open. You're just, you just live open. God, you want me to give this? You want me to keep it? Whatever you want me to do, I'm open. See, what Paul wants you to know is that there is a joy in being a blessing. I mean, I truly believe it is greater to give than it is to receive. Some might say, Dusty, you know, I know that this, I'm like the rich young ruler. This is an area of my life that I'm, I'm wrestling with right now. Some, some might say, Dusty, I, I feel like I am greedy. It's okay to admit to God, like we're greedy, it's okay. That I get nervous about money, I get scared about money, I'm afraid that I'll never have enough of it. But you know how you overcome that? Look, you don't pray your way out of greed, you give your way out of greed. Matthew 6, Jesus said, you can't serve both God and mammon. What is mammon? Mammon was a Syrian god of riches. A lot of translators have translated mammon into money, but Jesus didn't say money. If he wanted to say money, he just would have said money. You can't serve God or money. But he said you can't serve God or mammon. Mammon was a spirit. And depending on how you view money, you'll either serve one and you'll despise the other or the other way around. Isn't it true that how there are people who truly believe like churches are just out for my money and I despise them and any God who would try to send that kind of a message and who would want it. You know what I despise? I despise the world's system of money. It's gross. It's all about power and it's I'm better than you and you can never be content. And so what I've decided in my life is I'm gonna choose God over mammon. And every time that I'm generous, I reject that spirit of mammon and I open my arms to the spirit of God. How many people know there will be a spirit on your money? Mammon will cause you to live with never enough. Or you can live with the spirit of Jehovah Jireh, that God is my provider, God is my source, God is my answer, God is my way maker. Come on and clap your hands all over the room today. Thank you, God, for being our source. Here's the second thing. Generosity connects me to kingdom purpose. I want to show you this verse. I, I love reading Paul's, uh, it's just sort of a glimpse into his life. He said this in Philippians 4. He was talking to the church in Philippi. He said, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. It is good for you. It's, it's good for you to share, to, to link arms, to come alongside, to make a difference, to leave a legacy. Then he goes on to say this. He says, moreover, as you Philippians know in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. This is what he's saying to the church at Philippi. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Now watch this. You were in Philippi, but you shared. Your arms reached into Thessalonica. See, you have to think about what a big deal this was, what Paul was writing to them. Today, we get on planes, and we hop around to different parts of our world in hours. But most people never left their hometowns in those days in their whole life. 
They would never leave their hometown, much less go to a different part of the world. And this is, in my opinion, one, one of the first times in the Bible that we actually see legacy in action. People in Philippi giving so that people that they would never meet in Thessalonica could become saved. And I just want to say this to you today. In fact, John Bevere was, was saying this thought that you may never go to India, but I want you to know you have gone to India. You may never go to prison, but you've been to prison. Your money's gone to prison. You haven't been to Israel, but you've been to Israel. I hope that you realize the impact that this year online, people watching through these cameras, 1.4 million minutes, 1.4 million. If a service is 75 minutes long, over 13,000 people watched a church service, by the way, in 48 different states and in over 30 different countries around the world. Wisconsin, Massachusetts, Indiana, Oklahoma, 48 states watched HC. I did a funeral not too long ago. A woman I'd never met in my life came up to me. She said, you don't know me but I watch you online every week and you are my favorite preacher. And I said, I don't know you, but you are now my favorite person. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but because of your giving, we preach and we talk to people who have cancer right now. And you can't get here. And I want you to know that, I want you to be encouraged I want you to know this church is praying for you today. I want you to know that when you worship and people see it online, it's encouraging people who are in the fight of their life. We've built water wells. I believe, I believe someday somebody's gonna walk up to you in heaven and say, I had water to drink in my earthly life because of you. But I want you to know this. Instead of dying at 15, because of dirty water, I died at 55 because I had clean water and I received Jesus at 40. I would not be here if it weren't for you. Jesus said this, by the way, in case you don't know that. Jesus said, thank you for visiting me in prison. I never went to prison. Your money did. Paul said, you never left Philippi, but you shared with me. Every time I preached, Paul says, you were preaching with me. Currently looking at a trip in India where we're going to go into India. We have three partners over there, so a few of us are going to fly all over India. Guess what? When we do that, you'll go with us. For years, I've felt this way. Every time Pastor Dan writes a song, every time Pastor Dan goes and sings in a different location. In fact, tell me if I'm wrong, Pastor Dan. You leave this week. You'll be gone doing some concerts this week. Every time he leaves, we go with him. Amen. We've all won Dove Awards. <laughs> We'd all like to pose with our Dove Awards, Pastor Dan, uh, at some point soon. <laughs> and by the way, it's all over the world. One of the things that I, I've, I've, I've read about is how oftentimes when people hit major financial milestones in their lives, they actually often get depressed. 
By the way, that's not just with finances, it's with all sorts of things. What one area it happens is when your kids graduate high school. Like when they graduate, it's this major milestone that you've been building towards. Be- because a lot of people have a goal, but they don't have a purpose after the goal. That's why I'm telling you, you have to attach your life to something eternal. Not just something temporary or physical. Here's the third thing, and I'm getting ready to close today, is that generosity invites God's blessing. Now, I want to say this. This is where most people push back. Most people don't have a problem with giving. They have a problem with their giving somehow being attached to maybe that God would reward it. Because the generation that's coming up right now saw abuse with this, and they're on TikTok And so they all think that this is prosperity gospel. But let me explain it to you in in these terms, okay? If someone hurts me, I really have two choices, right? I can choose not to forgive or I can choose to forgive. I can choose to work towards forgiveness. Now, true or false, both of those choices, depending on which one I choose, will have an impact on my life. True or false? True. Of course it's true. If I choose not to forgive, God doesn't curse me for not choosing to forgive, but a root of bitterness starts to develop in my heart, starts to sit on my heart, and I actually start making decisions about future relationships based on what's happened in the past because of bitterness. By the way, this is why people, when they divorce and they get into new marriages, the statistics say that you are now 50% more likely to get a a divorce in your second marriage. Why? Because most people, when they walk into a second marriage, they don't walk in healed. They walk in still hurt. There's that root of bitterness, and it's affecting their future relationships. But if I choose to open myself up to forgiveness, I now open myself up to future blessing in other relationships. Because I can receive because my hands are not closed relationally, they're open. Now listen, you don't have to give. But your choice to give or not to give begins to impact your future. Look at this verse. This is 2 Corinthians 9. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. God won't curse you if you don't give. You're under grace. But when you do give, you actually sow into your future. You allow yourself to be able to reap. To reap what? Blessing. Paul says, at one point he says, remember the farmer. Paul says, you got to think like a farmer. My advice to you is that every time you give, you think like a farmer. When you give in those boxes or you give online, think like a farmer. When you text to give or, or, or when you give online, think like a farmer. What does a farmer, how does a farmer think? A farmer doesn't cry over seed that's been sown. He doesn't, as he's sown the seed, he had a lot, now I'm not going to have any. A farmer throws the seed and he goes, I'll be seeing you later. I'll see you in a few months. Because when you give, it doesn't leave your life. When you give, your giving actually goes into your future. Oh, come on, that's good, somebody. Now, relax. I'm not saying you're going to be a millionaire. You're going to drive a sports car. Some of you might. 
and you can give me a ride, but, but God will bless your life. In fact, I want to go back to the main text. Peter said, said to Jesus, said, Lord, we gave up everything to follow you. He says this, we left everything to follow. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me, anyone who has sacrificed for me and the gospel, no one will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. They're going to get homes and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and fields and persecution. But homes and brothers and, you know, let's, let's, let's go back to that, you know. So wait a second, Dusty. Are you saying if I give a dollar today, I should back, expect back a hundred dollars because I can't get that return anywhere else? That's not what the text is saying. The text is saying that when I sacrifice and give my life to God, he actually adds back in my life in ways that I couldn't have imagined. From the time that Kendra and I were kids, and we had grown up, and I'd grown up in this church, she'd grown up in church. But when I was 18, she was 21, we arrived at this I'm going to pay for that later. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> when we arrived at this island called Heartland and we burned the ships, we said, this is it. We said, this is, this is our life. We're giving our life to this. There's no doubt in my mind. I, I have thought a few times, I, I've I'm not dumb, I'm a mildly intelligent person. I could have made a lot of money in this life, which could have bought me a lot of stuff. But my daughter turned 12 a month ago. And when I was standing out on that, that patio, Ken, and we were looking at all those people, I was thinking about this idea that Surrounding her was a hundredfold blessing. In a way of spiritual family, friends, Aunt Kelsey and Uncle David, Uncle Chase and Aunt Tiana, Carly and Mikey and Pastor Becky and Cody and just so many friends. Here's what I know. If I lose my house tomorrow, I have about 300 families who would give me a place to stay. Food and shelter helped me in a time of need. When we had a baby shower, I looked around the room and there were people all over the place. And I remember we walked in, we wept. Because of God's goodness. And three weeks ago, when my family was kind of just, we were been running hard this fall and we were kind of running on empty. I, a member in our church said, here, take my cabin in Broken Bow for a few days. It's yours. It's free. And what I've learned is that I cannot outgive God. I can't outgive him with my time. I, I can't outgive him with my treasure. I, I can't outgive him with my talents. Because when I look around, 
this is so true. I have blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And anything that I've ever lost by giving, God has given it back to me in every way imaginable. I feel like I'm standing under a waterfall that gushes of God's goodness. Now remember, among the blessings will come persecutions. And I've had that too. I've had those days. I've had the days of rejection and the days that were hard and the days of disappointment, the days of delusionness, delusionment, the days of <laughs> angry emails. I've had those days. But I, I'm just like swimming in the blessing of God. I'm just doing the breaststroke in the, in the blessing of God. And by the way, I've not even received the real reward, which is an eternal one that I'll stand before God and he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come on, somebody needs to hear this today in this room, that God's got you. Somebody needs to hear him speak to you like he spoke to Peter. I've given it all up to follow you. Hear him say, I've got you. I've got you. I've got you. I'm going to bless you. I'm for you. I'm with you. I'm behind you. You will see the richness and the favor of God over your life and over your kids and over your family. Whatever you gave up, I'll make sure to give it back to you and me. Come on and clap your hands and thank God for his goodness today. Hallelujah. So be seated, be seated. I'm, I'm done. Now let me just get a couple of the instructions out of the way. Most of you already know what you're giving today. You came ready. And I just want to thank you. This message is just confirmation. It's just teaching. And I really want to say this to every family that calls Heartland their, their church. Think sacrificially, okay? Say, so, you know, we wanted to do more this year. But look, I don't, if you could, you would. I know that you would. You have in the past, you will in the future. You are where you are today. In fact, I, I prayed with our team today. Help me to inspire or remind people towards biblical truth, but let me manipulate no one. This is not a manipulation. I don't want you to give out of emotion. I want you to be responsible. But what I really want you to do is I want you to do what God tells you to do. Fair enough? So I'm not asking you to go into debt. This is sacrificial, not stupid. There's a difference, right? But I do think that every family that's represented, that attends our church, that has benefited from the ministry here can give something. We all can give something, 100%. Participation, that's the goal. This is the only time a year that we're gonna receive a physical offering. So here's what I want you to do. In your seats today are offering envelopes. Now, most of you give online. Okay, so what's the offering envelope for? If you, by the way, you can do this through the whole, you know, end of the year. So some of you won't give today, you'll give at the end of the year. I totally understand whatever that looks like for you. But I want you to write down 
the amount today. Just write it down on the front, okay? I'm going to do this online today or in a couple of months, or I'm going to do it today physically in person. I want you to write it down. Like, this is my commitment. And this is the only time in the entire year that we actually give and now take a physical offering. We've not, we don't pass buckets in our church, but today we're going to bring our offerings. Why? Because I think it's symbolic. There's something about this particular offering that reminds me of when the children of Israel would come and they would bring their offerings to the tabernacle. And, and here's the thing. When we bring it today, we're not bringing it for us. You know, this is not about an offering to benefit, to benefit me. I, you know, we don't, not, we don't pay a single staff member with any of this offering. Not, not a single one. Nothing goes to, to me or our team. Nobody here, you know, is this, this is all about giving away money for the benefit of the kingdom. Okay? And so when we do it today, it's, I think of it this way, that as me and my family come and we do this sacrificially, it's like, it's like we're coming to say, God, we want to partner with Paul as he goes into Thessalonica. That's what, that's what it reminds me of. Like, may the gospel be extended. May the gospel reach into places that it's never reached before. And, and so... Use it as a pledge if, if you want to do that. By the way, it's Kendra and I's honor to give right alongside of you. We gave online yesterday, uh, but we will do the pledge and we will give in an envelope today as signifying what we're doing because it's an act of worship. Make no mistake, when we sang songs earlier today, that was worship. When we give in this way in just a moment, this is worship. Okay? So you have offering envelopes there. I think they had pens. You ready to do this with me? Let's stand all over the room. Pastor Dan, I'd, I'd really love for you in just a moment to come up and just pray for this. Just you have such a voice in our house. And, and uh, you know, part of this goes towards Shepherd's Rest, a ministry that You've given to, to pastors, you know, to bless pastors and to, you know, just so many people benefit because of this. And so, Father, use this today in all humility as we give today. We're so blessed. Thank you, Jesus, for your promise. Now let's give in worship today. Come as the team sings this song. Sing it out, guys. Come on, let's give today.
I will sing of the goodness of God. Sing it one more time. thank you how can we say thanks for the things you've done God you led the way in being an example for us by giving your son I can't even fathom such love and such a, a lavish gift and today God we return what's already yours to you. We ask you to bless it, God, to further the kingdom of, the, of God through the, throughout this world. I pray, Lord, today for every family in this room that the blessing that Pastor Dusty spoke of today that comes back in all areas of our life would return a hundredfold. And in Jesus' name, we thank you today. And everybody said amen. You may be dismissed today. Greet some.